It might not seem like it, but actually, Cyril Ramaphosa and Joe Biden have a few things in common. They are powerful men with robust political resumes. Both have law degrees. They've been vice presidents of their respective countries, and they have a few million dollars stored away in their bank accounts. And most recently, the two men have sons that have been at the center of political firestorms because of their business dealings. Hunter Biden for his business dealings in the Ukraine, and Andile Ramaphosa's involvement with Busasa. Following on to that, Mr. President, I have a sworn affidavit from Piet Fenter stating that he was asked by the CEO of Busasa that he must make this transfer for Andile Ramaphosa. Mr. President, we can't have family members benefiting. I would want to ask you right here today that you will bring our nation into confidence and please set the record straight on this matter, Mr. President. This week, News24 revealed that Ramaphosa Jr. received more money than he had initially claimed from Bosasa. And I proceeded to ask my son what this was all about. And he runs a business as a, consult, a financial consultancy business. And he consults for a number of companies. And uh, one of those companies is Bosasa. And this payment, I can assure you, Mr. Maimani, that I asked him at close range whether this was money that was obtained uh, illegally, unlawfully, and he said this was a service that was provided, and to this end, he actually even showed me a contract. And if it turns out, Mr. Maimani, I can assure you, if it turns out that there is any illegality and corruption in the way that he has dealt with this matter, I will be the first, absolutely first, to make sure that he becomes accountable. Even if it means, I can assure you, even if it means that I am the one who will take him to the police station, that I will be able to do. And that's where we find ourselves this week on The Story. I'm Rian Krobler, News24 Senior Desk Reporter, and I'll be anchoring this season of the show. You're listening to The Story. It's a new podcast from News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story, this is what we saw, heard, and uncovered this week. I have in studio with me News24's investigative reporter, Kyle Cowan. Kyle, in March last year, you broke the story about Andile Ramaphosa being paid 2 million rand by Busasa. But now new information has come to the fore. What exactly is going on? Andile Ramaphosa is President Cyril Ramaphosa's eldest son and a serial businessman. He has quite a few business interests. One of his businesses, called Blue Crane Capital, was revealed last year by News24 to have 
had extensive business dealings with a corruption-accused company called Bosasa, now named African Global Operations. What kind of services does Blue Crane Capital provide? On Blue Crane's website, the company is described as a business that continues to seek out partners that are on the apex of product and service development globally. It is essentially a financial advisory company with some project management thrown in, but it's not clear what this company does at all. What were the terms of engagement between Blue Crane Capital and Busasa? The deal between Blue Crane Capital and African Global Operations, or Busasa, is shrouded in a veil of mystery and business terms. As far as we can make out, it's an advisory mandate, which means that Blue Crane will provide advice, be that financial or project development or project identification to Bosasa, which in turn means that when these projects are identified and they get off the ground and Bosasa starts making money, Andile would be paid a monthly retainer for providing those services. Carl, how did you uncover Andile's business dealings with Bosasa? We didn't actually even know that Andile was involved in business with Bosasa until his father, the president, stood up in parliament and said, I know he has this business deal with them and I've seen the contract. And I remember I was sitting here in in our little dungeon, as we call it, in our little office, and I nearly fell off my chair. And that set me down this path. I remember meeting this one Bosasa source at this mug and bean on the West Rand, you know. <laughs> and uh, over about two and a half hours, he basically explained the whole story to me and said to me, this is how Andile got involved. These are the other people who came on board. And this is basically what you should know. And then I was armed with the facts. And then I was able to approach Andile. And it took several months, but then we finally get this interview. But in that interview, he said, okay, we got paid 2 million rand over this time period. And it was for these projects in East Africa. It was like a pipeline of projects in East Africa. And during that interview, he says to me, no, but, you know, these projects, they were, they were, they were potentially worth billions of rands. And then later during, you know, like a more detailed email reply to some of my questions, he backtracked on that and said, well, they were never actually properly valued. But what was clear is that Andile Ramaphosa and the other people involved in this very sort of convoluted business deal were going to make quite a lot of money. What were some of these projects that uh, Andile Ramaphosa was talking about? I once very briefly had sight of a list of these projects and... They were the installation of security measures at government buildings in Uganda. The one project that we know of that was completed was the installation of solar panels at uh, petrol stations for two very, very big multinational oil companies. And then there's another project that was that later came to light, which was the installation of fiber optic cables and networks for, for also for certain government department buildings. All right. So Andile Ramaphosa admitted to receiving two million rand, but new details have now come to light. Can you tell us about that? We managed to get our hands on some financial records. If our listeners are aware of the Bosasa story, they'll know that the company, which has been under this cloud of corruption for a very, very long time, is now actually being liquidated. And as part of this liquidation process, liquidators go in and they look in every nook and cranny of your accounting system and they try and find every cent that they can to make sense of where all the money went and why this business failed. And as a result of that, there is new financial information that is being made known to some of our sources and also to some people whom we speak to. And what we've now figured out that Andile got 
a lot more than 2 million rand. He got about 3.3 at a, at a very low estimate. Well, Carl, you've mentioned some of these uh, projects that Andilera Maposa was uh, supposedly working on, and a new name has come up, uh, a certain John Mathwasa. Tell us a little bit more about him. I would like to tell you a lot about John, but for the very reason that he is now only being mentioned for the first time in this context of this business deal between Andile and Bosasa is the very reason we never mentioned him in the first place, because we couldn't find out enough about him. Um, I have now attempted to also contact him, and he's read my text messages on WhatsApp, but he has not responded. But all indications are, and this is what is included in our reportage, is that John may have been the brain behind the operation. It seems that he is quite politically connected in Uganda and other African countries, and we just don't know anything about this person. We we have a little bit of history from him. We know that he is described as a dot connector extraordinaire, which is like, you know, a fixer in business terms, I, I, I believe. And at this stage, we're still trying to fathom him out and just try and see how he actually fits into this picture. In what way was he specifically involved in these business deals? So the financial records we now have shows that as the money was being paid from Bosasa to Andile's company, Blue Crane, Blue Crane was then paying that money directly on to John's company, Offtake. And it's quite a significant amount of the money that Andile was getting. It, it, it's like, you know, a 60, 70% range. So it, it's it's a lot more than what you would expect to say if it was like a management agreement. So Andile's got this company, but John actually runs it for him and that therefore he takes his cut. But those fees you, you would usually see around 20, 30 maximum 40% of, the, of, of you know, the, the money being made from these deals. So it's very strange to me, especially, to see that John wasn't getting paid any money by Bosasa itself, even though his signature is also on this contract. He was getting paid by Andile, who in turn was getting paid by Bosasa. And that is quite significant in, in terms of showing, you know, the hierarchy of how things worked on Andile and John's side. And that's why I say... I believe that John was the one who was actually bringing these projects on board. And as far as I can tell, Andile didn't really have much to do with that. What we also now understand is, is that his company was being paid two months before the contract was signed. And then there's another payment before the contract is signed, which is like basically on the day the contract is signed. And he never told us about any of this. He wrote this op-ed in the Sunday Times where he came clean and said it was all just a big mistake and he'd now appointed this law firm to investigate this deal. And our reporting has now shown that Andile has not been honest about this business deal. And for me, that's quite serious. He previously told us that he ended the business relationship following revelations over Basasa's corruption around November 2018. But our new evidence shows that that relationship actually continued into the early months of 2019. Carl, is it unusual to get paid before you sign your name on the dotted line? Unusual? Yes. Illegal? Maybe not. So what we have to remember here is that we're dealing with politics and influence, not necessarily a business relationship. So to my mind, him being paid before the contract was signed is a lot more than a signal of intent. It is a, it is a practice designed to rope him in, to get him on our side as quickly as possible before we have time to worry about the legal niceties. So first of all, if we look at the unique South African context and state capture, and we draw a parallel between the previous president and his child, Dudazani Zuma and the Gupta family, 
we'll know that the way that the Guptas first gained access to Zuma was through his son. And what we're now seeing with the Busasa Andile Ramaphosa story is that Gavin Watson, the late CEO of Busasa, was very keen to get involved in business with the new, potentially new president's son. And that's significant for a number of reasons. It, it, it speaks again to South Africa's biggest problem, I think, politically, is money and corruption. And it also speaks to the behavior of family members of presidents in this country, which is, we've always sort of looked upon this thing as, as, as a sort of a joke, you know, Ubaba Kaduduzane and all that, you know. But it, it's not. It, it's an access point. We're even seeing this playing out in the States right now with one of the leading Democratic candidates, Joe Biden, and his son, Hunter Biden, you know. Children are a problem for people who want to attain positions of power. Well, having presented this new evidence to Andile Ramaphosa, presumably, and to the, pres- the presidency, what has the reaction been? Nothing. We, there hasn't been a statement issued. I haven't got an angry phone call, as was the case previously. Nothing. No one has said a word. And I, and I think that's, that's a very deliberate strategy to kill the story. And we tried. We tried very, very hard. I was going to ask you, to what lengths did you go to <laughs> to, uh, to uh, give them right of reply? So it started with emails and text messages and phone calls. Then I, <laughs> the one day I was sitting on my phone checking out some of my notifications and a notification came through that Andile Ramaphosa had liked one of my very old tweets. And I was like, kind of, okay, well, this is strange. I've been trying to get hold of him for two weeks and he likes my tweets. So I sent him a direct message on Twitter And then, as a last resort, I actually just physically drove to all the addresses I could find linked to his businesses and to him and dropped off printed copies of our questions. And at the address for the company that he did this business deal with, Basasa Blue Crane Capital, there was a young gentleman who didn't identify himself but who accepted the document from me and said he would give it to him. I also even dropped off a copy of these questions at President Cyril Ramaphosa's house. But... Yeah, we haven't heard anything. Well, thank you, Carl. That was Carl Cowan, who is News 24's award-winning investigative reporter. Thank you. So, while Carl hasn't been able to get comment from Andy Ramaphosa this time around, this is what he had to say last year when the story broke. The two million rands uh, uh, that was received by Blue Craig uh, through the period of the 12 months was deployed towards resourcing of these projects. Um, it, it was money that was utilized towards the implementation of at least the first project as well, where we've actually delivered. So, so these monies, there's, there's tangible results of, of what we've done in terms of work there in East Africa. It was not money that was uh, for me, it was money for the business. I myself am an employee within the business, I'm the managing director of the business, I want to categorically state that it was not a gift um, or a favor. We've, we have work done, um, and these projects exist um, in, in, in every sense of the word. And even the pipeline will now still have to continue to service it in some way. So, so, so that's a concern for us, and obviously we, we let ourselves down, um, but we will uh, look for partners again and see how we can resolve those concerns. The Story is a weekly podcast by News24. 
It is hosted by me, Rian Hrobla, and produced by Nokotula Manyati.